Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Broadcast Network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> Woo! Uh, Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Survivor Worlds Apart After Show here on AfterBuzz. My name is Nando Velasquez. You can find me on Twitter at NandoVel. And across from me today is Mr. Hi James guys. Wallington. Hey, how's it going? Hey. And we can find you at? Uh, James Wallington on Twitter. I'm sad that I don't have Keaton next yeah, to me today. Yeah, we're missing Keaton today. Uh, Keaton had a, something she just could not get out of for this week. But she will be back next week. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So we'll bring that up first of all. So uh, first of all, you know, thanks a lot for tuning in to us on YouTube. We were streaming last week. We're not streaming live this week on YouTube, but you can still comment to us on youtube we appreciate all the uh all the comments we've been getting uh you know i haven't looked at itunes in the past couple of days but uh i would love to see some more ratings on itunes we as do well. actually have a few i, I looked think there the were other few. day and there were some really nice comments about our panel so and that was really nice I, I know for some people it's a new change but you know just like you can get used to a new cast every season of survivor man that's a really good I way think, of putting it i think you can kind of you know <laughs> You can kind of get used to us a little bit, but yeah. thank you for the love. And even some of you guys who posted and say, well, I kind of miss the old way, you know, the old people in the old way. Uh, you know, I understand. We hear you. But uh, for now, give us a shot. <laughs> I think we do a pretty do pretty good job. Anyway, so let's talk about this episode. I, I love this episode. Uh, it's called uh, It Will Be My Revenge. Yes. And that was uttered by, I love how every title is always uttered by someone. That was uttered by Nina. Yep. <laughs> we need to predict, yeah, we need to find out what the title is ahead of time and do a little contest and figure out who's gonna, who's gonna be the person saying that. I, I like think it's it. it's a cool little contest. But, uh, let's start off. We don't have pictures this week, uh, in this studio that we're in a different studio, uh, as last week. But let's start off this week talking about the blue team, blue collar. Yes. And, uh, you know, we opened up the show with Dan and, you know, Dan was pretty much on the hot seat last week with the women but this week it seems like he has no seat he has no seat has that no is seat. a good way of putting it and yeah. for me with dan the more i start to watch him you know this is also the second episode but my opinion on dan is he's not playing survivor to win a million dollars he's playing survivor to be known he wants to be like a rupert he wants to be like a russell hans he wants to have a hook some notoriety and i think Lindsay in her little confessional, couldn't have said it more beautifully about how she thinks it's all a ploy and he's just trying to be funny. And, you know, in the first episode, Dan did say, you will not forget me. And I think he's more focused on not being forgotten as a castaway than he is about winning a million dollars. Yeah, I kind of can understand that. I kind of see that point of view. 
Oh, hold on a second. We got Mr. Ke- Popular over here. Yeah, well, actually, that's Keaton. <laughs> Keaton wants to call in. Keaton, if uh, if you're listening to us or if you're tuning on to us on, on AfterBuzz TV, uh, contact Marissa for the number. Anyway, uh, let's just uh, – what were we saying? So, yeah, so I agree with you uh, as far as Dan's concerned. Dan is uh, – you know, he's there for the notoriety. He's a super fan, but I think he knows – you know what I think – I think he sees people like Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. You know, people who've played this game, like Russell Hans, and they haven't won, but they've gained so much notoriety. Well, I think, for me, it's so in your face, and I'm getting kind of annoyed with it already, and it's episode two, that, I mean, Dan could leave, and it's not going to phase me at all. There's other big players in the game that I'm rooting for that are just being themselves and completely going with the flow that stand out to me. Like, Max, you know, he's also a student of the game, a huge super fan. Yeah. But he's going to have notoriety because he is playing the game as a survivor would, whereas with Dan, I don't know. I'm not anti-Dan. I don't dislike him. He's funny to watch, but he's. I'm just kind of getting... It's getting old. The longer Dan lasts, the more likely he can... Who knows? Maybe he can pull something out. Who knows what his strategy is? It's really awkward. It's really weird. I mean, he he took leadership. I mean, we commented last week he took leadership right away uh, for the opening dilemma. And and a super fan probably knows to hang back just enough not to take the leadership role. So, uh, you know, so we have that. And I think also he's turning his shirt into underwear like because a little, a little skirt of some sort because he doesn't yeah. want to raw dog it because that's what he said <laughs> i don't want to raw dog it. it's well, gonna tear me before apart before he said that he goes what would you rather me quit i'm like why is he always on the defense why does he always have to have some snide remark to the girls i don't i just think he's just putting more of a target onto him as the days go by well first of all i'm really glad he lost the banana hammock just because we don't have to see that anymore which is last week keaton commented on that last yeah week. i know exactly because <laughs> keaton commented on that and i think that was a very uh you know that was something a lot of people probably would agree on yes. so we don't get to see that anymore at least we well, get to see this this shirt thing when he's walking around in it but uh I i'm just glad well i hope that we never have to hear the word mantis again because mantis just is not gonna happen uh, that's it a just never weird will. word it makes me feel weird when i hear that and i'm surprised cbs didn't make it a hashtag i'm surprised they didn't did, did you see any hashtags on? i, I didn't, didn't see any maybe yeah. i was too busy writing the notes down no. mantis stop trying to make it happen it's not I, gonna happen i didn't see that so uh you know but here you know Lindsay was talking about obviously he's shifting gears he's being goofy now and i think dan even realizes he's trying to change change it up a little bit and he's still on the chopping block but if there's one person that is starting to move down there with him in the doghouse it's mike yes uh and that's funny because i think all three of us agreed that rodney and mike were were probably two of the hits from the blue team two of the the bigger players from the blue team last week right and here mike is going now and you know mike goes all out but this is the bad side of going all out he I mean, he's taking blue collar so literal and just kind of running with it. I mean, power to him and kudos that he loves to work hard and Mm -hmm. that he thrives on being a hard worker. But sometimes in the game of Survivor, you need to pull back the reins a little bit and not ruffle feathers. Just because people are not on the same work level as you doesn't mean they're they're not really providing around camp. I mean, they even put up a good fight. Like, you know, we do stuff here and there. And we'll see next week in the preview for next week's episode that the girls were like, we go get firewood too. So... I don't know. I He's taking the role of blue collar very seriously, but just because no one's on his level doesn't mean that he should get really uptight and start calling people out on it. Yeah. Everyone works at their own pace, and 
I, I just, I think he's also shooting himself in the foot. Well, yeah. And, you know, he is, uh, one of the older players, at least on that team, he's the older player. So obviously right. the younger ones want to play around. They're playing a little bit. Ba- Even Dan wants to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's trying to bond in that way. So, you know, we're noticing that little shift too, I think, between age in that tribe. I've been noticing, like, with all three of these tribes, we'll get into it. It's definitely a little bit of an age difference, uh, dynamic. No matter what your methodology, no matter if you're playing, as a white collar, blue collar, no collar, it seems like there is a division with age, more or less within all three. Oh, of course. Yeah. So very, very interesting as far as that. Let's move over to the uh, white collar tribe because we talked a little bit about this. But, uh, you know, whereas Dan decided when he lost his underwear, his banana hammock, uh, <laughs> to just uh, at least show some, you know, decency, some modesty and put something uh, put something on, even if it is his shirt. Oh, by the way, I want to say something about Dan, too. I, I hate seeing his hairy chest. That's first of all. But second of all, <laughs> he is going to I really think he's going to burn himself up unless they I know they hand out like tampons to the women out there behind the scenes but unless they hand out sunblock that guy is going to have a a killer sunburn on his back the only killer sunburn i ever remembered was cochran like he was red and i can see that really happening and i and i think if he really and plus not only that you're you're putting your junk all over your shirt even if he puts that thing (laughs) back on who knows i don't i don't think i'd want to you never know they might put it up on ebay when the show's over for no for charity and give them thousands of dollars there's some crazy super fans (laughs) out there i'm sure that would love to have dan's little manty skirt oh god yeah i just used the word i'm really upset about that yeah you're using the word man you're using the word anyway so whereas dan at least is showing some modem of decorum and decency and uh in covering up his junk uh max is you know another super fan of course he's the professor survivor professor he's taking another approach he is he's tipping his hat and who knows what else he's tipping by uh completely uh getting undressed and just going all natural as uh, as Richard Hatch did back in the All-Star season. I loved that, you know, being a fan, seeing someone like Max who has really called himself the student fan and teacher of Survivor. I love that he's enjoying it, but he's also playing the game. And he just tipping his hat, like he said, to the greatest people that have ever come before him. Yeah. I, I like it. It's just season 30, so it's mm-hmm. fun to remember previous players and... I also would have to agree with Tyler when Tyler said that I feel like that Max is trying to do this to distract us on how smart he really is. Hmm. And I can see that kind of being Max's case, too. Yeah. Well, you know, it's an interesting, uh, you know, first of all, I'm really curious to see if Max has other uh, homages later on in the season. I can't like, wait. Does he have, like, a fake grandmother that died, too, when the let ones come or something? someone's shoes, like, like Rupert, Rupert did. did. Or, or, like, the Johnny Fairplay I was talking about. Yeah, or, or jump the ri- dump the rice into the fire for Jatia. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering, like, every week, are we going to see little Easter eggs from from Max? Hey, I, I would love, love, <laughs> love to see that. But I, what do you think of his strategy? Because, look, when Richard Hatch did it, I think he... I don't know. You know, you know what do you think of the differences between Richard Hatch doing this for strategy's sake and Max doing this? I for think the difference sake? is it was season one of Survivor. No one really knew how to play the game. Well, I think the All Stars is when really he was doing the all natural thing, right? No. Was he doing it in season one? He, too? That's what he was known for in the first season. Okay. Was being like the naked guy, the naked gay guy, as Rudy would say. Okay. He, I think, didn't know how to play. No one knew how to play the first game, the game in the first season of Survivor. So I feel like Richard used that as strategy to make. Yeah. Him, like, I don't know. I don't know really what he was doing. It's still, whatever. It's Survivor. You're in, like, a primitive state. You're in the jungle. You're in the wild. 
why not bear it all? And now that it's season 30, Max, it doesn't phase anybody. It's mm-hmm. not, it's no shock like it was. It has no shock value like it was with Richard Hatch, if that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't, but, but at the same time, Max says that he discovered that he gets alone time. That's when he's, true. When he's by himself and no one, no one bothers him. But it's like, do you really have to be naked to get alone time? I feel like I would just walk down a trail to where the watering hole is, where tree males, and just sit. I feel like people would understand. Well, I guess no that, one. Would okay, be... that he wants to be alone right now and not bother him. Uh, perhaps. Maybe but you don't, don't even... have to be naked to get alone time. Well, I think I think what's interesting about it. First of all, I mean, uh, sometimes being alone in a group dynamic goes against you because it gives other people a chance to talk and perhaps plot. True. Demise. So sometimes that's not a good thing. I think he's in a comfortable place being with Carolyn and Shirin. If I can say her name right, Shirin. I think that's how you say it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Shirin and, and, and Carolyn, at least they have a three-person alliance out of that five-person tribe. So he feels comfortable. I also think it's a position of power. So, cause if anyone wants to walk up to him, they have to, they have to deal with it. They have to deal with the awkwardness of it. So if they need him, you gotta walk up to, if you wanna talk to me, obviously you need me. Because you're willing to be uncomfortable around my naked exactly. ass. Exactly. And I mean, I don't know how much longer the alone time is gonna last because clearly as we saw, Shireen, yeah. she is she said that he's a trendsetter, he's a fan just like me, and so she took it off too. Another super I fan. mean, it was interesting that she took her bottoms off. I would assume the top. But the bottoms she, not the top. Yeah. Like, I just didn't I don't know. That was kind of gross to me for some reason. And then like, poor Tyler, he's married, so he's just trying not to like make a big fuss about it. I mean, you could clearly see on his body language that and his was face the that best, he was just so uncomfortable. That was probably one of the best scenes I've ever seen on this show <laughs> because not only that, it just lasted forever. It was like a com- it was a comedy sketch. It really was. Shireen just Shireen just kept getting closer and closer to him, bending down, and Tyler with his hand up and just looking away, and oh, Joaquin yeah. just just. Staring into space himself, but, uh, it was, it was pretty hilarious. But I think, you know, whereas Max is using, uh, being alone, you know, being, being naked, but to, to be alone. Yeah. Um, hello. Hello. Hi, Keaton. Hi, Keaton. Hi, guys. How you doing? I'm so sorry I can't be in, I'm fine. I'm so sorry I can't be in studio tonight. That's I apologize. That's no problem. We miss you. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're talking about, uh, we, we've talked about Dan and his, uh, and his, uh, Mantis. shirt. I wasn't going to say it. You said it. Mantis. And then we talk, <laughs> and then we were talking about Max going on natural. And now we're, we're discussing the difference between Max going on natural and being alone and Shireen, uh, taking her bottoms off and just like showing it, rubbing it pretty much in Tyler and Joaquin's faces practically. <laughs> to agree with you. I thought it was strange that she took the bottoms off opposed to the top. Like, it would make more sense to me if it was just the top, but just the bottoms. I don't know. I mean, she's also doing it without getting she's peanut cleaning. butter and chocolate, too. And so, I mean, she's yeah. just bearing it all with nothing to gain And she's cleaning it. pots like that. And she's, like, on top of, like, she's bending over these pots that she's going to be cleaning. It, it was just, there's all sorts of wrong well, there. Yeah, talking about that, I was just thinking, like, 
talking about crabs and stuff. I was just like, this bitch just seemed like an attention thing or like she just wants to be like a memorable Survivor contestant, so she's going to be like the, the chick who takes off her bottom. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Wait, Keaton, speaking so I, of memorable Survivor contestants, this is something we talked about before you called in and I would love to know your take on it. I was telling Nando that I strongly feel that Dan is more focused on being remembered as a player as opposed to playing to win a million dollars. Would you agree with me? I would absolutely agree with you on that one, James. I I think he's just trying to be the funny guy. I think he's like, there's no way he can can win this game. So I'm going to go into Survivor so that I can make a job out of it and hopefully get called back to uh, future seasons because I'm a character. Right. Because I feel like a lot of people try to go in that way now and... And... and it, it frustrates me because I just, like, it, it, it then turns into the same game for them. It's like, I don't believe he was, like, yes, he might have been a fan. He might have watched it since, you know, it started. But when you come in and play the game and, he, and you're acting the way you're acting, obviously you're not a, you're not a real player. You're, like, and I, and I almost agreed with the girls that, like, you know, really you lost your weenie bikini. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that Weenie bikini. <laughs> That's better than Mantis. Yeah, it's better than Mantis. <laughs> or the banana hammock. But still, uh, yeah, no, we totally, we totally are on the same page with that when it comes to Dan. I'm glad, I'm glad you feel the same way, Kian, because I could not help but feel that way. And I was just like, you know, if he wants to be invited back in the future, you need to be a character. But by being a character, you need to make big moves and play the game of Survivor, not play the game of the fame game. I'm going to ride my 15 minutes and be done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you need you need to be the Tonys, you need to be the Spencers, you need to be the Malcolms, um, you need to be, I'm trying to think of, like, like, like even, like, a Jatia, honestly, as crazy as she was, I, I wish, I think it was just completely her, she, like, felt like her backs were against the wall, but, like, if somebody like her, that's a, mem- that's a memorable player who maybe is not considered a play- hard player, um, that you would want to have back, you know, she's going to throw the pat. Dan just kind of annoys me. He's just a clown, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get more on Dan and, and the we'll get more on Dan and the challenge. <laughs> But um, but you know one thing I want to bring up before um, since we're on the white collar tribe that I don't want to forget is Tyler had a really good quote in his uh in his little confessional about Max. I don't know how much of you know Max being naked. He said uh, I don't know how much of it is a show and how much of it is him trying to distract us from how smart and how well he knows the game. That's what I really think it is. So I I, I agree I, with that. Go ahead, Keaton. I disagree with that. I yeah. disagree. I think it's I think Max is just such a fan of Survivor. He loves this game so much. He's freaking hard of course, but he knows it very well as as well. But I honestly think it, it truly is he wants the, to, to, to reap as much as he can from his Survivor experience. And I mean, Richard Hatch is the original Survivor, so why not uh, enjoy a dip every once in a while? I mean, once you do it once in your birthday suit in front of everybody, I'm sure it just becomes like not even, you don't even realize you're doing it. Uh, and, and I think it also, what he said in the episode that, hey, you know, this is a chance for me to be able to go up by myself and kind of, like, think and, like, mm. not be bothered by people. And I think that is so smart as a player to remember that you you need those times to get away. You need those times to kind of self-reflect, um, to, to be a better player in this game and to be able to look at the whole picture. So I think he, it, it's, a, it's a very smart move, 
but I don't think he's doing it in a way that that Tyler thinks he's doing it. Well, we well, were saying, I, yeah, go ahead. Just just to comment before I move forward, the, from the other perspective, the way that I look at it, I agree with you, Kate, and I think he is such a super fan, student, and teacher of Survivor that he wants to really just indulge in every sense of the show and the game and the experience, which I love. But I also think there's a part of him that's like, if I sh- if I show my my con- my con- other you know competitors that. I'm enjoying the experience. They're not going to think that I'm playing hard and playing the game. And that's why I do think it is in some way a strategic move. Well, it's a little, I think it could be a little from column A, a little from column B. I, I, I totally get the whole experience. We were saying before you got on the phone, Keaton, I, I really want to see if he does other, other homages in, in future weeks, throwing the, the rice in the fire or stealing people's shoes. Yeah. Or having a fake grandmother that died or something, burning socks. So yeah, ho- hopefully we'll <laughs> see a little like, you know, this week, <laughs> Max is, uh, you know, giving props to Rupert, you know, or whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. let's. Yeah. Can I say something else really quick before you guys move on from this? I I don't know if if they've touched on this or or if this is like a known fact, but has he told the rest of the like is it a known thing amongst his tribe that he has taught a course on Survivor? No, or I'm under the impression it's not. No, uh, yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, even when he did his introduction uh, in the in the first week last week, and he asked what he did, I think he said he was a marketing consultant. So yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want anyone to know. I wouldn't want anyone to know if I was him because yeah automatically yeah, well, I agree with you I just didn't know because Tyler would the way Tyler's interview kind of was edited it seemed like Tyler knew that he had like above and beyond kind of knowledge of this game which might just be Tyler's skill of reading people of like yeah. you know they're not kind of put that hipster like well, they all uh, seem to know you that- know yeah, they all seem to know that Sheeran's also a super fan. Everyone it seems to know who the like super a, fans are. So I, I have a feeling maybe like a campfire conversation that they're not airing. Because I mean, I, yeah. I mean, if everyone's a super fan, you're going to want to talk about it. Yeah. So I have a feeling it's more like a super fan. But I think it's it's different to be a super fan than to say, oh, I actually taught a class exactly <laughs> on this. I've analyzed and studied every single uh, season. So I, I think that would put a bigger target on your back. Honestly, um, all right. Let's move on. Let's start talking about the Red Tribe because that's uh, that's the where drama. a lot that's where a lot of drama came from. Let's start off with Nina because I think I think this is really interesting. I mean, we saw her. Well, first of all, you know, the Red the No Collar Tribe was all about this is a community last week, and other than the little Joe Vince, uh, you know, friction, they were all like one big happy family. Right now, this week we start seeing all the real craziness start coming out, uh, starting with Nina. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we were obviously were curious to see how Nina being completely deaf with those implants would be able to communicate, you know, with a tribe when she has to mainly watch everybody as they're talking to really, really understand people still. Uh, and we see like a montage really of everyone trying to deal with this. Right. But Nina seems to have a problem with the girls. Because uh, I guess the girls, there was a comment from one of the other tribe members that the girls, I think it was Will, said that the girls have been a little snarky. Uh, in their comments, and then of course they went skinny dipping. That was the one. That was the one time I wanted to see nudity. They, uh, the girls went out <laughs> to see skinny dipping, and I saw a shot of Jen looking down at Nina as they were about to go. But I guess Nina felt she was excluded. I think that when you're in a situation like that with new people that don't really know um, the adversities you face in the real world, 
especially for being death. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like subconsciously she's kind of ostracized herself. Yeah. I, I I don't think she should have this expectation that people should come to her. And just because people aren't, she's automatically making an issue about her being deaf. And I think that's normal in the real world. I think everyone's already quick to take play on an insecurity that like, oh, it's because of this or it's because of that or So I feel like it was a little bit too dramatic for my taste. I can understand why Nina was frustrated, but the same thing happened with Christy on Survivor Amazon. Yeah. It's like you automatically are ostracizing yourself because you know you're different, but you're not making an effort either. So you can't blame people if you're not going to put in the effort. Because I never really saw Nina putting in the effort. I saw Haley trying to get to know her and do stuff with her. So I don't know. What do you think, Keaton? I mean, I would, I would absolutely agree because, I mean, it, and it doesn't make it any easier that there is that age difference. Right. There always seems to be a tribe when you do break it up into these three tribes where it seems like it's, it's the hot young tribe. And whenever you have those hot, that hot young tribe, you know, you're going to get that alliance of, of like all like the colleges. I, the one that comes to mind, honestly, is in South Pacific, the Savai'i tribe. And they had kind of like the pretty people alliance, is what a lot of people called it. And, you know, it was like Keith and Whitney. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember just like Cochran felt left out and Dawn felt left out. And, um, and, and I feel like that happens often in Survivor. And as like an older woman, I don't think she played it the right way socially. I think she just, I mean, I feel like she could have like used the hearing thing as a way to kind of educate and, and entice and intrigue these girls, you know. But instead, I feel like I agree with you, James. Like, she just, she just kind of, she, she made it the issue. Because I don't think I don't anyone think, cares that she's deaf. And I really, really tried. Yeah. Because I feel like they all have that mentality of, you know, there's no collar of everybody, love everybody, no matter what. But I honestly wouldn't ask a woman who could be the same age as my mother to come skinny dipping with me if I had only known her for four days. Yeah. No, that's, that's a very- Well, no. but Haley still, <laughs> Haley and Jen only known each other for four days and they still went. But yeah, I get it. She's, she's more of a mom but, anyway. Well, I think well, that's the thing. They're like the same age, and they have—they they obviously it's, it's a relate a relatable thing, you mm-hmm. know. It is, and I I think you know you brought up South Pacific, but I think another example to bring up would be Survivor Vanuatu when it was yeah. men versus women, and you saw on the female tribe the younger girls like Julie, Amy, Eliza, and Leanne kind of getting together, but Lisa, who is kind of the balance of like. She related to the older women, but she also put herself in the situations to relate to the younger women. I feel like Nina could be playing that approach, too, like Lisa did in Vanuatu, where it's like, I'm going to play the motherly figure. I'm going to put myself in this situation, but I do think that her being deaf, she's holding herself back because of well, I think adversity she's, she's facing in the real world. She's overly sensitive to yeah, the subject. and that's understandable. But, you know, there were some funny moments, like even uh, the, the first scene that we saw with Haley and Nina, Haley's telling Nina, there's a blister on your ankle. And Nina turns around and goes, oh, that's nice. So obviously there was a misinterpretation there as yeah. to what that's <laughs> like, supposed what, to be. Why, why, is, why is that nice, yeah. uh, Nina? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm so curious. Like, I would love to talk to Nina and just, uh, or anybody who understands, like, the science behind the the procedure she went through to gain her hearing back. Right. And actually how much, you know, how much she can actually hear. Uh, so I would be so curious, and, and that's like like a person my age who can relate to like obviously um, the two younger girls. Like mm. that's something that I'd be like, oh, this is a great way to connect, like like learn from her. Like obviously she she had this um, like kind of crazy, like a little bit unfortunate like life experience 
that she's been able to to break through, and now she's a contestant on Survivor. Like, I feel like the knowledge that those girls could gain from Mina is just like yeah. insurmountable. So well, I, it makes it does make me sad that. Um, that, that, that was a situation. Yeah, well, playing the victim card, because that's really what Nina ended up doing, you know, I'm saying it a little bluntly, but she was kind of playing the victim card when she was crying and everything. I mean, it got a couple, a little bit of sympathy with uh, with Will and with Vince. I mean, w- Vince was saying a no-collar person is a kind-hearted, uh, a kind, heart-centered, compassionate human being. Which I laughed about because I'm like, <laughs> not, no. I, not, I don't think just because you're no-collar, that's what defines well, you. especially after we see him already getting all pissy at, at Joe and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and competitive for Jen. And even Jen said he's a little too no-collar at heart for his own good. Like, oh, yeah. He is just, he's really, he's like Mike, he's taking that role, that label, and running with it and taking it very literal on Survivor. Well, even Vince, there was another line that Vince said, about um, about you know you got to be able to hug people. Oh, in my life I have a comfortable, loving relationship with people. Ten seconds of beauty, peace, and bliss, but not with Joe. So obviously he has issues, and he loves those big, long, awkward hugs like we saw in week one with yes. Jen. That uh, you know she ended up saying we smell bad. So uh, Nano, Nano, yeah, is, I think I think it was Nano who said it, or, or James. I don't know, but I think uh, whoever said it, you bring up a good point about how. You know, he has taken his label that the show gave him almost too far. And I think a lot of the contestants are starting to do that. And the longer they're kind of with their tribe and with their group, you can see it kind of in yeah. their confessionals and in their, and their OTS and all of that stuff. So I'm very, I, I, I'm, I'm, I would be very interested to see if that's just something that develops naturally amongst them because of just like, you know, the dynamic of the show or if that's something that was kind of forced upon them. I wonder yeah, if uh, it which, affects which their psyche. Know. I wonder if it totally affects their psyche. Like circumstantial. And their circumstances. Yeah, yeah. I, I could totally see that happening. Uh, so anyway, we have a bit of a division in the Red Tribe. We're going we're gonna to rush this. We only have about 10 minutes left on this one because we have to start a little late. Um, but, we, you know, we, there is a bit of a division. I mean, Nina's talking to Will. Nina's talking to Vince. Vince sees this as a perfect opportunity because any excuse he can to try and plot against Joe... Uh, he will take advantage of. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we definitely see that division, and we we saw Vince confronting Joe. Uh, that was a really weird confrontation about so how, uh, yeah, about how Vince needs acknowledgement. Well, and- it's, it's when Joe came back with that sack of crabs, and Vince like automatically was like, "I need validation. I don't want my work to go unnoticed." And thinking, "Oh Lord, Vince, come on." <laughs> No, it's it's pretty crazy, but we definitely see the lines have been drawn. And, you know, this is all before the immunity challenge, uh, the reward challenge. And and just based on the the all the drama on on that uh group, I kind of knew already going in that we were going to have a tribal council full of no colors. Oh, for sure, just, but it was so up in the air too, like how tribal would play out. Yeah, it was like. so up in the air. But let's talk a little bit about the immunity challenge because a couple of things I thought was really really cool. First of all, Dan, you know, we saw in uh the blue team and the red team had to uh choose somebody out just to make the tribes even for this big underwater or this big uh it wasn't underwater but moving that buoy across all those obstacles yes and kelly the state trooper who we barely heard who is kelly i know we barely who is she (laughs) and she sits out in the challenge i'm like really she's a state trooper she's buff she could totally probably slam you know just kill this challenge based on what i could tell and dan is insistent on playing i'm I'm gonna show that fat people can do this or whatever he said (laughs) but he he did good he did great he did well nine out of ten times when we it was amazing yeah i was so i I was kind of like i was like oh my god i 
was like, I was a little like proud of him because he was pissing me off so much in the episode. And then I was, and then and then he had that coffee kind of remark to stuff of like, oh, you think the fat boy can't swim? Well, you know. Yeah. Well, well nine. Awesome, you're wrong. And then he did, and I love, I love when you see somebody kind of. So you like Dan a little bit after that. That's what you're saying. A little bit. <laughs> I, like, I don't need to see him in his weenie bikini or fake shirt thing, but, uh, you know, I, I am proud to see somebody who maybe a lot of people prejudged him prove them wrong. That's yeah. always... That's, that's a nice thing. Well, you know, nine out of ten times when, when we hear someone, you know, take an insistent position, like, I can do puzzles, or I can do this, I can do that, it, before the challenge, nine out of ten times it means you're going to screw up. This is like the one time that he actually, you know, he, he was able to cash a check that his mouth, uh, you know, put up there. Right. So, uh, you know, he did really well. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty neck-and-neck race. White uh, Collar was behind for a bit of it. And I really thought when Sheeran was, uh, Shireen, excuse me, God, I gotta get that name right. Shireen was uh, playing. I thought it was gonna be another choke. I thought she was another Jatia, you know, just doing terrible in challenges and losing it for her team. Uh, but unfortunately, Will was just that bad. I was gonna say, if we wanna talk about a choke, let's talk about Will. I don't know if he... that was a choke, I, but Will just was exhausted she and just couldn't play. pull it together. Yeah. You guys, let me say something, because first of all, I think challenges like this, again, shout out to John Carehoffer, when a challenge runs like this on Survivor, it's phenomenal. You have a team that's able to come back, you can never, like, throughout the entire challenge, guess who's going to win. Yeah. I mean, these are the challenges that are the ones that they bring back that are like, oh, why I love Survivor challenges. But having done a challenge similar to this uh, that I tested in... Um, Gosh, I think it was in Philippines, yeah. um, where we had it was individual immunity, and we had to move a buoy. Like it is so, it is so hard to move that buoy. It did. Not, I don't know how they were all moving it that fast. I don't know if they like if, if they changed it a little bit or whatnot. But I remember when I did it, it was so difficult, and it's even more difficult when the when the rope is in the water because it, like the rope sinks, but the buoy floats, and it just gets it so easily gets tangled, and you just get discombobulated. Um, so I, I feel so bad for Will, but I can, I like, that is something that's so hard. I'm surprised it didn't happen to more people. Yeah, well, it didn't. Well, you know, Will said, Will said it, it was the black man's kryptonite being in the water. So, uh, <laughs> Will did say that. But Will was really out of breath at the end of that. He wasn't just being slow. He was, he, it, it really exhausted him. And that also, uh, became a little bit of a factor when Red Tribe, unfortunately, uh, for them at least, uh, lost the challenge. Yep. So, so we pretty much are, uh, let's move on to a little bit of, before a tribal council. Just a lot of the posturing, of course. We've got three on three. I was really surprised with Joe's mentality. Joe and Jen, who seems to be a super fan too, even though they haven't promoted her as, uh, or talked about her as one. Right. Uh, were really afraid that Nina, because of her outburst before and, and the fact that she knew she was on the, you know, on the chopping block, they really were concerned that she might have found an idol or that Vince might have. Which I think was a little overthinking on their part, so they ended up bringing yeah, sure. they ended up bringing Will in, who was not in their alliance, to split the vote, which I think is a recipe for disaster. I, I just didn't understand. There's such a sequence of events that played up to the tribal council, like yeah. what you were saying, and then the fact that Will went. To the other side, went to Vince and Nina and told them the plan. I was like, I'm so confused. And I'm surprised that they didn't really consider voting out Will more seriously. Yeah. Because I would have easily thrown out Will's name. And I would have been persistent at pushing for Will's name. Because 
he clearly could not hold his own in the challenge. Yeah, and well, if there's going to be more swimming challenges, which they are on a beach, it's, on a beach. it's more likely to happen. He's not going to be able to pull through. Yeah. And he, it's a, it's a tribe game. It's not an individual game right now. And if you want to keep your stri- tribe the strongest, I thought Will was the smarter vote. No, I, I well, well I, I, go ahead, Eden. I mean, I think that the paranoia that we saw in the younger kind of alliance, I think that, that is a huge, that shows their age a lot. That, you know, just Good freaking point. out, because I think that was a, like a really dumb thing to think about Nina potentially having the idol. Like, really, guys? Really? <laughs> um, I mean, unless, like, we, they, they kept a ton of stuff out of the other edit, but I just think that paranoia, it shows that how young they are. Um, but they're obviously they're players, but I think with Will, I mean, he was in that water for a while, treading by himself. I mean, I, you know, obviously he's probably not the best in shape, but I just think that was, that's a, that was a very difficult challenge. So I don't think that was a really good representation of his physical strength. And obviously Vince, yeah, he probably is a, a more physically fit, like, better asset to the tribe in challenges. But I think Will, like, mentality-wise, which is, we know is so important as a tribe unit, like, you had to get, everybody was being rough the wrong way by then. She was, like, starting up crap. I think he was a smarter vote. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, leading, leading up to that point, at least, uh, I, I think that, <laughs> that Will's vote surprised everybody. Because I think Joe and uh, and the girls all thought they were still going with splitting the vote two and two and having a revote. So I think there was a little bit of a surprise there because Will was supposed to vote for Nina. And Nina was shocked. And I think that Nina is going to crumble even more now because she's going to feel even more on the outside Isolated. since Will did not vote well, the way that he said he was going to vote. Let's, I mean, let's move on because we don't have much time anyway. Let's move on to the Tribal Council as far as Will's vote. I think, um, well, first of all... Will wanted to protect Nina. Uh, that was the reason why Will went over to talk to Vince and Nina because Will felt some sympathy for Nina and and felt like he a kindred spirit. I guess he felt ostracized himself in his past, so he wanted to save Nina. And then, of course, Nina tells him about Vince saying he's out of shape or yes. whatever, and was thinking about you know how. And it was really Nina was trying to be nice, saying, "Are you okay? Do you want to quit?" kind of thing and Vince took offense to that yeah I, I think that makes I mean Will took offense to that I think that makes Will a little emotional I think I think I don't know if it was the smartest decision to get rid of Vince I agree that for the cohesiveness of this community as we like to call it uh, it was probably the best option because having Vince there he's just gonna as Jen said earlier in the episode she just doesn't trust him he's gonna screw everything up at some point maybe an emerge but it's like if you already know of someone's intentions if you already know that Vince is not gonna be someone trustworthy it's like Okay, we already are aware of how he's going to play this game, so he's not as much of a threat anymore. Yeah. To me, it's like when people yeah, show you. That's the thing. I feel like if if they would have ended up blindsiding um, uh, Nina and Vince would have stayed, I think I think Vince would have gone even crazier than he already is. I think he would have pulled the Jatia. I think he would have wanted to take down the camp because they don't like love and they're not in unity and blah blah blah. <laughs> they're I not think they would have sent him over the edge. Yeah. Good so point. I think it was better to get him out before Nina because I think. He would have tried to destroy the tribe from the inside out. Yeah. No, I agree. But still, you know, we we see this when when you have a really athletic player leave a tribe early in the game. It really, I mean, the tribe dynamic may be better, but you see them at tribal council a whole lot more often. So that's the one danger. We saw so leave last week. What's that? We saw so leave last week, and she was probably one of the most athletic people they had on that tribe. 
Well, that's true. That's a good point. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with that. I think uh, I think it remains to be seen if the decision was a good one. If Will could still stand up to the pressure in in we'll the, the next couple of weeks and how it gets handled. But you know, I think Vince, in a way, I hate to say it, was just uh, he. I'm sure if he sees his footage, he would realize he was playing a little creepy and a little weird. <laughs> Anyway, that pretty much wraps up, I believe, uh, more or less about everything about last week's episode. You know, let's, uh, we didn't do this last week, so let's do it this week. Let's talk about some predictions. Yes. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. You know what? I can't remember what I saw from next week's show. Well, we saw that Mike is again on the hot seat for being too controlling. It seems like him and Rodney have a spat. We see Jen and um, Haley's relationship growing a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I think we're in for some uh, drama next week, for sure. Well, that's for sure. um, Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Keith. Yeah, it's your turn. Sure, it's your turn. Um, I I completely agree with um, James the fact that Nina's going to crumble even more now that Vince is gone. Um, I also think we are going to see the um, the white collar tribe. Uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna start coasting because I think there's going to be so much discourse within the other two tribes that the, the white collar tribe is going to kind of start being the the, the team to beat, which. It's gonna be. It's a little surprising for me personally, but you know. Well, I definitely see. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if the white team, white collar team, is gonna coast. I think blue collar is still too strong, even with the drama that we see with Rodney and Mike. I mean, that team, unless it's like I don't know, unless there's like some kind of weird uh, challenge, I think the blue team's definitely gonna at least place in the first two. Sure, uh, they're just too strong. I think that's so I think they're going to be around for a while. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just think that the, we're going to see some more Nina action. She's obviously on the out. She's going to feel a lot more ostracized. I think that's about it. Well, since we are talking about predictions, I do want to tell everyone that yep. we are doing Fantasy Survivor, and we would love for you all to join our tribe. Head on over to FantasySurvivor.net and join Tribe After Buzz TV. Last week, there was a little bit of a mistake in the password. I told everyone it was just After Buzz, but it was After Buzz TV, <laughs> all lowercase. I changed the settings, so now there should not be a password. So we would love to welcome everyone into our tribe. Help us gain points to be the number one tribe in Fantasy Survivor. But right now, the standings are, I'm in first place, Nando's in second, Keaton's in third, and then Shauna's in fourth, and Dane's in fifth. So we have about 20 people right now on our tribe, and those are the top five. So make sure you get your picks in before next week's episode, and uh, join in on the fun with us. Great. And James, where can we find you to talk about that or anything else? Well, you can find me on Twitter, at James Wallington on Instagram at Mr. James Wally and my YouTube channel Where's Wallington Awesome and Keaton where can we find you during the week when you're not in studio uh, like now You can find <laughs> me uh, on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at Keaton Marquis Okay, awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nando Bell, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L <laughs> and here on After Buzz for a whole bunch of other shows uh, but for Survivor we'll be back next week uh, I believe at this time Thursdays at 5 Pacific uh, catch us then thank you very much bye guys bye from executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.